0: Welcome to Dear Nina, a podcast about the ups and downs of friendship. You are listening to episode 13 today. If you haven't heard episodes one through 12, I invite you to catch up on them whenever you have a chance. I refer to them sometimes, although each one really is stand alone. I also want to mention right now that I really continue these conversations or sometimes even start the conversation and then it lands on the podcast or the podcast happens and the conversation happens later. It goes in both orders on my Facebook Facebook group, which is called Dear Nina, the group, or on Instagram, which is at dear.nina.b. Just plain old at Dear Nina was already taken. Nobody's really doing much with that, but they own it. That's how it goes. And the B stands for Badson. And I don't know, you may not know this, the full name of my podcast, like if you look it up on Apple or Spotify or anything is actually Dear Nina, conversations about friendship. That was really too much to put on a logo. Although I might try to redo that at some point. There's a lot of work that goes into all these little details and I don't like to always say the full sentence. Dear Nina, conversations about friendship. But that is what this podcast is. My points on the Facebook group, on the Instagram and all that. And also on my newsletter, people respond a lot to my newsletter and that's less of a public conversation. That's more just between me and one reader or listener. But that's what these are. They're conversations about friendship that really do keep going after the episode and often precede the episode. Let me tell you what episode Episode thirteen is about episode thirteen is about the difficulty of making new friends as an adult. Whether it's because you move to a new city or you're in a new stage of life, like maybe you retired and you're just you have a different schedule, and all of a sudden you look around and you say, you know, I could really use some more friends to do things with. Maybe you've been in the same city for sixty years and you're just feeling lonely or ready to shake things up, and you want to do something different, see different people, maybe have options of people to travel with or schedule things with. And I really feel that friends. Round out our lives and really add to our happiness a lot. It doesn't matter if you've been in the same place your whole life or you're moving. If you want to make new friends and you're not in junior high or high school or college, which are all, or elementary school, of course, which are all places where you are forced to be with your peers, it is definitely difficult to make new friends. Not impossible. That's why we have this episode. I moved to Minneapolis when I was 23. I'm from Chicago. I came right after college with my fiance, who's now my husband, Brian. We didn't have kids and we... I wasn't, I was in grad school, but I was like in, I had to take some prereqs uh, that I didn't take in college because I had changed majors a few times. It's a long story, but I wasn't like in a grad school program yet. Not for about, maybe it wasn't a year. Maybe it was like six months before I could start a grad school program. So I was just taking like undergrad classes, even though I'd already graduated college. It wasn't really the right time for making friends. It wasn't right out of college. I had a job a year after college in St. Louis and then moved here. And I was living you know, in a high-rise apartment that was not really the right place for us. There was really nobody our age there. I'm not sure why we lived there. I think I sent Brian ahead of time because he's from here to find where we should live. Now that I've been here so long, there's like a million other places I would have chosen than what he chose. But you know, what can what could I say? I, I put him on the job and I did nothing to help. And this was pre-Facebook time. So it wasn't like it is now where I see people get on these Facebook pages and say, Where should I live? I didn't know anyone. I hadn't there were no there was no one here I knew from Chicago that had landed here too who could Give me a sense. So that's just how it was. And I tell you that because I did eventually make friends. It's a success story. What it took for me to make friends is really no different than what it took for my guest to make friends moving to Minneapolis 20 years later in her 40s. And she came with a husband and with elementary school kids. Even though people always tell anyone moving here with kids, if you're moving with kids, oh, you should plug into the schools, that will be the answer. It just wasn't the answer for Michelle. Michelle Platt is my guest. She moved to Minneapolis a few years ago. But when she moved, it was the middle of the school year. It was December or January. So it wasn't like you don't have that fresh September, August, you know, energy of everybody starting at the middle of the school year. It was a polar vortex happened soon after. So school is out of session for two weeks, which of course, at the time seemed like an eternity. Now, if we knew it was only two weeks off, we all could get through it because we have done so much worse. And then of course, a year later or so it was COVID times, everyone was home for a long time. So the school maybe had some false starts for her. She met some people that way, but it wasn't the answer. She had to do other things. She had to do the same things I had to do, even though I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have um, a smartphone even. We had cell phones, but we didn't have smartphones in the year 2000. And those two things are really the pieces of advice I think are key to making new friends as an adult. And they are being the one willing to make the effort and going out of your comfort zone. And I bring up the effort issue because it's slightly different than episode three. And episode three titled, My Friend Never Initiates Contact. We talked a lot um, with Pam Moore, she was my guest, about what you do when you realize, okay, hold on, if I were to stop texting this friend or reaching out for plans, we would never see each other. And it it was a nuanced conversation, I think, because the answer to that is not always that means you're not friends. So many different personality types and friendship histories come into play there. When I talk about making an effort in this episode, I'm talking about you are new to town or you're the one in a new stage of life looking to make new friends. In those cases, if you're the one in need, you are going to have to be the one to make an effort. It cannot be a tit for tat. Okay, I reached out. Now this person will reach out. When I moved here, I'd say for the first five years, I did a chunk of the reaching out and the hosting. Like if I was going to have people over, I couldn't like wait for them to have me back necessarily. Like I was the one in need. So I was the one who needed to plan things. So let me tell you just a little more about Michelle before she comes on and you hear our conversation. Michelle is a founder, she is the founder of the blog mypursestrings.com where she writes about wellness. She writes a lot about Peloton. She rates different instructors and classes and I'm not a Peloton person, but if you have any Uh, interest in Peloton, she is the one to go to, mypurstrings.com. She does product reviews and I find a lot of really great research on her site. She does all the work for us. She's a former teacher, former attorney, a native New Yorker, and now a suburban Minneapolis person with friends, I will say, even though that did not happen right away. Michelle Uh, was living comfortably, happily in her community in Westchester, New York. And they moved here for her husband's job, like I said, in the middle of the winter. So hard. Michelle's going to tell us how she really settled in. I'll tell you, I met Michelle through one of her settling in tips. And that was, we met through like a blind date. Uh, We knew people in common who knew we were both writers and knew we, or suspected we'd get along and they were right. And so that's how we met, Michelle. Welcome. Welcome to... Dear Nina, and I'm so glad you're here to help all of the listeners, no matter what stage of life you're in, it's always good to be willing to meet new people. So what helped you get settled in the most?
1: So my, I mean, my first thing that worked is kind of what you even just said is I, anytime somebody told me I have some, you know, I have a friend who lives somewhere in Minneapolis. Do you want to meet them? So I had kind of a lot of like arranged blind dates in the beginning. And there are people, you know, that I didn't connect with and I didn't keep up with, but then there's other people who did become actual friends with. So I appreciated anytime somebody texted me or even before I moved here, people sending me Facebook messages, like, here's my friend, here's a connection. You guys should reach out. Anytime somebody did that for me, I didn't ignore it. Sometimes I actually wanted to, cause it was, I wasn't in the mood, maybe to meet people, but I always like met up with people when I was kind of set up.
0: Well that's a huge point you're making. It's it's not like a throwaway comment this idea that sometimes you weren't in the mood because that is just how it how it is. We're not always in the mood to do the work. It really is work to show up, to put a smile on your face, to ask questions, to listen. It's work. It's work to yeah. always have these initial meetings. It's much different to go on a walk with somebody you've already met a dozen times like you've you've put in that initial investment and now you can be a little more relaxed, but you always have to kind of be up and willing to talk and and participate 100% is tiring. So that
1: June, so a few months after I moved here, I went back to New York and I saw all my old friends. And I remember commenting and saying, it's so nice. Like I just feel so relaxed right now that I don't have to ask, how old are your kids and where do they go to school and where are you from? You know, it's just it's just nice to have a conversation without all those initial questions.
0: Yeah. You know? And you, it's, um, you and I've talked before, but not deeply about whether you're an extrovert or an introvert. Uh, I will tell you that nobody believes me, but I really am an introvert and I, I am, I am not shy. I'm not nervous around people. And I do like people and I like to have a lot of friends, but I do get exhausted when I'm, so, really social, and not everyone's like that there I mean, and I think an extrovert really um is energized by people. I like people a lot, but i it depletes me, and so it always does make it hard to be on like that. What do you think for yourself?
1: Yeah, I go back and forth, and like my husband says the same thing about himself, and i I feel like he seems like an extrovert, but he he would rather kind of be home a lot of times than to be out. I'm definitely a mix because I do think I actually get energized. You know, if I go to a big gathering, I love that. And I love like meeting new people. And I usually don't have a hard time talking to people, which is why I found it kind of interesting to be here. And I'm like, I can usually talk to anyone. Why am I having such a hard time? You know, like, why is it so hard to break in here?
0: I think a lot of people felt that way. And the reason I bring that up and I diverted us just from the different methods of meeting people is I think it's important that sometimes you have to move away or above your own personality traits. I don't just mean you, Michelle, anybody who is putting themselves in a position where they want to make new friends, you may have to combat your own natural instinct to stay home, to not answer the phone, to not have to do the small talk thing if it depletes you. It's like you have to do it anyway, because if you know that your future self wants to have friends, wants to one day go on girls trips with local friends or have people to go to dinner with and have people who show up with soup when you're feeling sick, you know, all these things only come with a huge investment of time. And it starts with these little things, these meeting people out for coffee who your sister in law said that you should meet. This is the kind of stuff you have to do. So what other things did you say yes to that you might not have naturally?
1: I mean, I still say yes to anything. You know, I don't actually ask as many questions because naturally I think I'm a person who just kind of wants to know who's going to be there and what are the expectations. Now I just kind of go. I like go a lot of times and I don't even know what I'm going to or or who I'm going to be around. And I just, I just go. So that's still part of the saying yes. I mean, I had a situation last week, which is kind of funny. So a friend of my husband's, his wife, who I've known, you know, for known for a long time. We don't always get together. The two of us. She invited me to an outdoor yoga class, so I just showed up. Like I didn't know whose house I was at. I don't even know if I knew whose house that was at until the very end, you know. And it was actually a great class, and I had fun. And it was it was a hard class, but afterwards, I found out that um, two there were four of us there, and two of the women were former NFL cheerleaders. And then, and then my friend was like she had won a bodybuilding competition like a bikini contest competition. So I'm with these like I think if I would have asked too many questions, I I probably wouldn't have shown up because <laughs> to do right. yoga with these like former cheerleaders is a little intimidating. Yes, that's
0: um, actually a good point. Sometimes it's better to go in not knowing and just see what happens rather than have our preconceived notions of what we think would be fun or comfortable. Yeah. So it sounds like the schools weren't necessarily the place you met your closest friends, it was just a good place to get yourself out of the house and get even practicing having this small talk conversation. Because it is it is hard to make friends with people who all went to high school together. Or in my case, I felt when I moved here, people who all went to the same overnight camp and did the same youth groups and didn't necessarily go to high school together but they went to the same one of three high schools in this town that people I first met went to. So what did you do next to really go outside the school circles?
1: At some point I decided I was going to start a Facebook group for people not from here. It kind of started more as a joke. I said to I did have one good friend I made here and I said do you feel like everyone is from here? And so I had I had gone to the doctor and turns out, well, she was, she was great. I like loved talking to her. And I was thinking, is it weird? Like, can I ask my doctor for coffee? Cause she's this. the most normal person I've met here. And it turns out that like her husband went to high school with my husband and they graduated together and they just bumped into each other. And then a couple of days later, it was like my week of doctor's appointments. So I went to another doctor and she asked who my doctor was and I told her and she said, Oh, I've known her since like we're 18 and she slept on my dorm floor. And it was this whole, like everyone here, like knows each other going back so long. And then a friend of mine posted an Instagram picture of my doctor the next day. <laughs> so I was like, everyone knows each other and is way too connected. It's
0: like the walls um, were closing in on your potential yeah. social life.
1: What about the people like who aren't from here? Like how are, how are they doing? So there is a local, you know, mom's group. And I, I kind of posted if I started a Facebook group for people who are like new and transplants and I had people joining who had moved here 20 years ago, but still hadn't found their people. A lot of people. It was, And in a way, it was really nice to have them, but it was also a little kind of scary. They've been here for decades and they still don't feel like connected to the
0: community. Right. That's not very promising, is it?
1: Right. No. So I, I did start this group and, like, right away, like, hundreds of members joined. And this was right before COVID. There was even one woman who said, Oh, I just moved back to New York. I wish this was around, you know, and people seemed like grateful and happy that I had started this group. It turns out, right after COVID, she moved back and <sighs> has now become one of my closest friends. But through that group, I actually do feel like I've met people. We had, we had a get together right before COVID and then things kind of, you know, shut down. So just kind of virtually we try to keep the group like active, but we've had a couple of, you know, get together since then. I know people have done their own get togethers from that group, you know, so if they're all from the same place, they've done something. Another member like started a, a book group, like a book club um, with people from that. Think through that. It, it did connect me to a lot of people.
0: Um, and you did a real service. You connected other people to each other. I mean, that's That's huge. That's really great. I think you and I agree on something. And maybe it's because we're both very comfortable online. We're both bloggers and writers joining a Facebook group and there's participating in a Facebook group. And those are two different things. And Mm -hmm. if you're really trying to make friends, I would urge listeners, it's not enough just to join. You need to participate. That might come in the form of commenting on people's posts, liking pictures. Like it's, you can't just lurk. You need to really partake. Have you found that to be true?
1: Yeah. No. I mean, a hundred percent. I feel like you get those badges now. Like if you're like, if somebody asks a question and I can help, I'll answer that. And then it's kind of nice to when there's a conversation going. You know, I go through the archives a lot, and you know, we'll search through things and sometimes follow up and even message somebody. I did that recently because there was a thread and I needed a question answered. It was an old thread, and I just reached out to this person. And she was so helpful. I mean, like answered questions probably for an hour for me. So it was just kind of a good connection. And that's why when people kind of bash, you know, social media and Facebook and say they would never join. For me, it's been like, a, you know, an important like tool to connect to people.
0: Yeah, for me too. Sometimes I'll even ask a question on a different local Facebook group than I think the one you're talking about. People will message me privately or text me privately the answer because they yeah. don't want to be visible on the Facebook page, which is just very contrary to the way I think. Like I think of it as a community resource and we're all there to be together. To answer me privately, I'm glad to have the answer just selfishly because I needed the answer. But it's always interesting to me that it's just a different way of being. It's not right or wrong. It's certainly not helpful to meet people if you're not willing to admit that you're there in the group. It's like they don't want people to know or something.
1: Yeah, I see that too. I also find, I don't know if this has happened to you, but sometimes you all message somebody or answer something and then that person will friend you, you know, even though you haven't met them. But I have a friend of mine who was telling me she's friends with this one person and it's only because they have the same, I don't think she's actually ever met her. But they have like the same viewpoints on everything. She really like wants to meet this person now. She was saying, would it be weird to ask her for coffee because they're just so similar, you know? But they've never actually met in person.
0: That's such a an interesting element of social media and friendship. I actually have a lot of social media friends I've never met, but they don't live in town, and so. It's easier to continue to get closer and talk. We usually take it off social media. In most cases, I move to WhatsApp with people. That's sort of my app of choice because I love voice memos. And you know I like voice memos. I left you voice memos. They're easier on WhatsApp because you don't have to hold your finger down. If you get a phone call during one of those on WhatsApp, it doesn't interrupt the message. But if you are on regular Apple texting it erases the whole thing. So that's just a little techie tip for people. If you're in town, maybe it would seem kind of strange to continually talk to someone only on Facebook, but never suggest coffee. So where your friend is asking, oh, would it be weird if I asked this person for coffee? I almost think opposite. It would be weird to never ask that person to have coffee if you have yeah. that much to talk about.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then I, I I mean, because I was saying these people will randomly friend you and That's another thing I feel like I've accepted in the past, I was pretty like particular with who I was friends with on Facebook. And now sometimes somebody will friend me. And I I was looking the other day, I was like, I don't remember how I met this person. But we must have had some sort of connection because we friended. But it's interesting when you see someone in town, I know that person. I know everything about you. Like I know it was your anniversary last week, but we've never actually like met. That's strange.
0: That's the weird piece of social media. And I, and I agree with your advice to accept friend requests when you're new. Like if you're new and you're trying to meet people in town, you have to be willing to do stuff like that, to do things like we said, show up at the school, maybe when you don't feel like it join the Facebook group and really participate in it. Even if you don't feel like it, accept some friendship requests. You also, I believe have done an amazing job being willing to start things. Would Mm -hmm. you say that's another huge tip? Yeah. People,
1: like I said, with this group, there were people who said they wanted to do this, but they never did it. And I kind of don't want to be the person who has to like plan things and be the doer. But then if something's not out there that you feel like would be helpful. Put yourself out there. There's probably other people who are so thankful and willing to do things. Even when I started this group, I'm not planning events. I started the group and other people are like taking charge, which is kind of ideal, you know, that you don't have to plan everything. No. And there's been other, there's even another local Facebook group and they were looking for an admin. And I really don't want to be another admin to a group, but I knew it was something I was kind of like passionate about and it would be easy for me to be an admin. I did it again. And so I feel like, I've met people. There was even like a person I met in real life recently at a neighborhood event. And she came up to me and she said, oh, I know who you are through this group. And she was actually so cool and nice. She lives in my neighborhood. So we had never met in person, but she knew me. And then once, you know, she explained who she was, I knew who she was.
0: I guess when I'm talking about starting things, I, I mean, the Facebook group is a more tangible concept, but even asking somebody to go for a walk, asking somebody to have coffee. I mean, that that's its own form of initiating and planning instead of waiting for invitations. Personally, yeah. I think that's key. I know when I was trying to make friends, I had to be willing to host a lot. And then I had to be not annoyed if I had to host a couple of times in a row. Because if you're the one who needs to make friends, I think that you have to be the one who's willing to make the initiative more often
1: besides facebook i also think like texting has been like key for me i don't know if i said this earlier but i really do feel like meeting new friends is very much like dating and it's exhausting like dating but you also you know sometimes you meet somebody and you're like i think i really like them like i think we connected and so i feel like when that happens you kind of need to go you know with it and not like wait for the person to make the move let's say So um,
0: exactly.
1: So recently I I met somebody and our kids were similar ages and we met like sort of online through one of these groups and we met up in person. Kids wound up randomly doing activities together. And now she's one of my everyday texters, you know, and we check in and I think it's a mutual thing. Like, I think we're both happy we found each other, but it's like a real friendship that kind of develop, we met up, we like met for coffee, you know, we, we just chat a lot. Sometimes it might feel weird, like texting somebody, but I've even texted people just like a random funny thing, you know, that I think somebody might like. It just kind of is like an icebreaker, you know, you like send it. Texting kind of keeps the communication going because otherwise you would just never really bump into this person again.
0: Yeah. And what you're talking about are really basic friendship skills that people forget as they get older, that you have, when you're the new girl, right, you have to be approachable. And in and, and this day and age, being approachable is exactly what you're talking about. Sending texts in between times that you would see each other in person so that, you know, you're still top of mind and you're being relatable. And it's not that you're being fake. I'm not advocating being fake. I'm sort of, what I really mean is being your best self. There's no reason yes. to keep all the funny stuff to yourself. Share it. You're fostering communication. Now. I don't know if you've run into this study. I I read a lot of friendship articles and a lot of friendship books. And in the past couple of years, there has been a study that probably gets quoted in every single one of these articles and books. And it's about really how long it takes to make friends, a researcher named Jeffrey Hall at the University of Kansas found that it takes 40 to 60 hours to go from an acquaintance to just a casual friendship. So somebody you just ran into at school a couple of times to go from, oh, I know this person to this person's a friend, 40 Mm -hmm. to 60 hours. But then it's 80 to 100 hours to go from that casual friend to actually friend's and then over 200 hours to have a close friendship. What you're saying about texting in between and keeping the communication going, those are hours that add up. Texting, some people would argue, is not the same as being in person. I think you can still really connect. It may take longer if you think about it in terms of time. A walk or a coffee is probably worth 100 texts, let's say. Those texts are not worthless. They're not. Those times, they add up.
1: And people are busy. I don't know, you know, I don't think people have 60 to 80 hours to kind of, invest a lot of times in a friendship. Whatever kind of shortcuts you could take to get there, I think probably help. When you have kids, just all plans are tentative. I don't know, a dinner plan and then last minute someone's sick. I mean, it happens all the time. When you throw kids into the mix, I think it sometimes is harder to actually like make plans and kind of do things than when you were like single and you could just meet up whenever you wanted to and you didn't have to worry about anyone else. So
0: true. (laughs) I had a walk planned with a friend yesterday and it was raining and we went anyway because we both... Both have. She has three kids. I have four kids. We both have different other things going on. I have recording time set with Dave that I don't want to change. I have certain things that can't change. I teach twice a week and she has her own stuff. We had this walk on our calendars and we went anyway. We put on raincoats, put our hoods up. We hadn't seen each other in a while and we did it. And I'm so glad we did. That was an hour so well spent. Always try to reschedule is hard. But I, I like to your point, you have to be flexible and be willing to move things and reschedule if needed and not take it personally. I think not taking things personally ends up being the conclusion of almost every one of my episodes because that is what stands in the way of a lot of potential friendships and real friendships is hurt feelings that aren't real. I mean, the feelings are real, but the imagined cause isn't always real.
1: I think, right. Like overanalyzing things again, like what you do with your, you know, dating, like reading into things is a cancel plan, a cancel plan because something really came up or was there more to it? You just, again, have to put yourself totally out there. And I sent a message to somebody recently saying, Hey, we've been talking about having you guys over for drinks for a long time. And I never got a response.
0: I'm, yeah, that's hard. I, I've had that, Michelle. I just, I remember in the early years, like having to read between the lines and it's really a hard skill because exactly what you and I are talking about, it isn't always personal. And then sometimes it is. Not that it's personal, but sometimes the person really just isn't interested. And it's hard to tell someone not to take it personally because it's kind of personal, but it might not be. It's just a matter of how much room someone has on their friendship plate or what else they have going on in life. It might truly just not be a good time. In the long run, I would rather know that. Not that I need to hear it personally. I would rather they almost not text back and not make a plan, even though that probably was so awkward for you. Now you're not wasting your time on someone who's just not gonna have a reciprocal friendship.
1: And I also do think there is some truth to what people say here. This person is from Minnesota. And I think a lot of times they actually don't need more friends. They have their family. They have their friends, you know, longtime friends. They have their sisters. They have their brothers. They actually don't really need you. And especially if their kids are really involved in sports, there might not actually be room.
0: And it's not personal. It takes a lot of maturity to see that. Like at a certain point, I got to a point where you run out of time. You just run out of time and, and you take away the time from the people already in your life. And it's not that I don't love people and want to have new friends. I, I actually consider myself a welcoming person, but it doesn't mean that I can do like a walk twice a week now. Right. And you're, you're going to get there too. You're probably there now already a couple of years into it. I know you'll always be open to meeting people, but at some point you're going to run out of coffee slots. You are.
1: And I think even just what we were talking about, it's kind of even a lesson for our kids because I know my daughter will say, oh, so-and-so doesn't like me. There have been times afterwards where I've kind of invited that child over anyway, and the parents said things like, thank you. You know, she has like major anxiety, and she was so excited for today to come over. But my daughter's reading it as the anxiety is a person who doesn't like her. You just kind of never really know what's going on, you know, with, with people.
0: Yeah, Um, true. I think you try, you try your best, you invite. And if you're getting the brush off many times or a lot of canceling or the person, obviously, if the person doesn't respond at all, you have your message and you move on to the next potential friend. And yeah, teaching our kids these things is so key. Michelle, I could talk to you about this forever because you and I both have so many examples and I'm sure we didn't even cover everything, but It is time to move on to our better friendship goal of the week. You have so many ideas and people could take notes. Well, they don't need to because I'll have them in the show notes and use any of your methods as a goal. My goal I want to give to everyone really depends on where you are in your friend making needs. If you do find yourself as somebody who's going to be moving to a new city or you've moved recently, or like I said earlier, you just are in a new stage of life. I want you to go to my show notes ninabadzen.com and look through Michelle's ideas. But if you're just listening now, I'll tell you that uh, it could be to join a Facebook group that is local. I don't think in this case for this goal, it helps to join one that has people from everywhere and actually participate in it. If there isn't one like that and you think it would be helpful, then maybe the goal is to start one. That's a bigger one because then you have to be the admin. And Michelle and I both know I am the admin of a couple groups too. I mean, it takes work. You have to keep the trolls out and make sure everyone's being respectful. It's, it's, it's a big job, but you get to know people. So summarizing, the goal is to look at Michelle's ideas, maybe start a group, join a group. And if you're in a group and you're just laying dormant in it, maybe participate in the group. Just one day this week, that is the smaller bite of a bigger goal. Anything you want to add, Michelle? I think the only thing I would repeat
1: is you probably have to go out of your comfort zone and just do it. I mean, the rewards will be better than not doing it. You know, you really have nothing to lose. If you're have if you in a new city with no friends, the only thing positive that is going to happen is you're going to walk away with some friends after this.
0: That's great. Thanks for listening. And special thanks to my producer, Dave DeLugar. You can find all the show notes, a form to ask your own anonymous question to use in a future episode, and a link to my private Facebook group, Dear Nina, on my website, ninabadzen.com. If you have time to rate and review the podcast, or even better, tell a friend, that would be so great. And come back next week, because when our friendships are going well, we're happier all around.